You're listening to Brigade Radio 1. of the anti-social show he is tyson saner and i'm hunter block yes so um actually uh listeners i have a very uh awesome and exciting announcement to make i dropped the video yesterday uh sort of teaser we've been kind of keeping it to ourselves uh some of you may have uh already figured this out but uh we're gonna say it anyway because it's like freaking epic but before we do the uh, the awesome news uh, if you haven't recently heard, of course, our hero, mentor, whatever you want to call him, uh, my Jersey brother from another mother had a massive heart attack, uh, which is called the Widowmaker. And that's uh, Big Cat Kevin Smith. So we're hoping he's uh, doing a lot better and be returning to the Soundcast waves uh, and, of course, movies shortly. Here, here. So, I mean, I can't believe he actually had a heart attack, man. That came on so sudden, too. It's, 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 see how, like, life can be like that, dude? Like, you're, you're fine one minute, and then, like, your shit just kind of, like, shuts down the next? Yeah, I hear you. Um, I actually was not that surprised by it. No? No, no, no. Because, uh, but I was I was concerned, and I, I, I kind of, what surprised me more is how I've forgotten how fast time has been going and how uh, there are four years of difference in, in age between Kevin Smith and myself. And I started getting uh, in taking my health more seriously about three years ago. I quit smoking. I uh, cut out a lot of sugar. I've been dropping weight since and I actually cut out sugar about a year afterwards. But, and because uh, I just I realized that I was getting into heart attack weight. <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, well, just heart attack territory. You know, uh, or depending on, you know, could be depending on your genetics. Like with uh, Kevin, he mentioned that he had, uh, he has a, a valve apparently in his heart that uh, was narrow. You know, it's just a genetic thing. And like he says, there's nothing you can do about it. But uh, truthfully, you know, it might have uh, only just taken longer because his diet used to be uh, devoid of vegetables pretty much. I mean, he'd say, oh, I'll eat vegetables, but I don't like them. And it's like, well, you know, more vegetables might save your life one day or might not. You know, and he's completely right about it that. You know, and he was a smoker. So the point is, is that what I'm saying is, in short, uh, now that the sounds come back, um, I wasn't certainly wasn't rooting for him to have a heart attack. But did it surprise me? No, not at all, not at all. I'm so glad that he lives in Los Angeles, or at least where the where he lives, he can get to the hospital that gave him the procedure 
And I don't know how widely available that procedure is, but we are very fortunate that he is one of the people that is alive at this time period that can have what should have killed a person's heart attack and have it taken oh, care of, and have it taken care of with is such effic- efficacy that that, mm-hmm. that it that it uh, that it had and that he will probably be with us longer now and he's taking his health and vegetables more seriously that his words uh, paraphrased <laughs> so well he's not going to be able to drink milk anymore that's for sure Really? Don't forget that was like a big major thing for him. It was like milk um, and butter and butter. No, actually, uh, actually, uh, to anyone out there listening, it was actually kind of funny because usually Tyson and I will drop each other PMs every other day, uh, especially when we're getting closer to record time. Uh, we talk about what we want to talk about on the show. So I, I seen a uh, PM about uh, from Tyson. We, we want to talk about uh, Kevin Smith's eulogy, and I'm like. Eulogy, like what the fuck? So I, I, it didn't register it like in my mind uh, at that point until later on. I jumped on uh, Instagram and I saw like Kevin Smith has heart attack. And I'm like, oh, fuck. but it, it made me feel better knowing that he was alive because that dude's a walking miracle. Yes, um, I should point out the the idea of having uh, Kevin Smith Smith's eulogy, which uh, as as people know, eulogy is something that you deliver at a person's funeral, right? So I thought it would be not necessarily funny, but it'd be an interesting way of uh, appreciating Kevin Smith by had he passed on and you were asked to give the eulogy, mm-hmm. what would it be? And actually, I have some music that would work perfectly for that. So uh, at some point, I'd like you to be, put it together one and I'll, I'll put it to the music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. so that was kind of like going to be the idea. So eulogizing him. Um, and uh, you know it's it's we're lucky that we're not right now, but you know. Oh yeah, I mean I think we're kind of like eulogizing um, the former Kevin Smith because I think now that he that he had like this wake up call, you know he's he's definitely going to take his health a lot more seriously, and he's going to be with us for hopefully a long time because you know I, I got to thinking like I got to thinking about this because. Obviously, you have people in your life, friends, family, members, people that you care about that that eventually do pass away or have passed away in the past. And you obviously, you know, you, you have a connection with these people, feelings, emotions, everything like that. So when they do depart, you do feel upset. You do feel uh, torn. Like you don't know how you're feeling because they're not there anymore. But at the same time, it's like a lot of people who, who like actors or a particular actor – and made them such a part of their mythology, you know, in their everyday life, might feel the same way. Like, even though you never met this person, you know, you still feel saddened by their departure. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, and then there's a lot of people like, well, why do you care if you died? Like, you never even met the cat before. Well, it's, it's you know, it's kind of hard to explain. Like, when you, when you, you know, when you like a person, you don't necessarily have to met them to like them, to appreciate what they do for your life. You know what I mean? Like, I never met Kevin Smith a day in my life. But, you know, obviously, we, we share some type of homeland roots, him being from the Highlands, me being from Kingsburg. We're, we're both Monmouth County boys. We're both New Jersey boys. And I appreciate the work. You're, you're going in and out. So for the loss. Your sound is popping in and out. It, the, last thing, the last thing we heard, the last thing we heard yeah. on my end was, uh, it was, um, say, so go back to the roots. The whole Something thing. about it was right about Monmouth. 
right around there, and then it's something, something. So, Monmouth, oh, yeah, yeah. Monmouth so me and boys. Him, and, yeah. Yeah, me, me and him are from Monmouth County, being like literally 10 minutes apart, uh, our prospective towns. Now, going back to 1994, obviously I was a little kid. He was 24 years old, so I wouldn't have necessarily had a way to get to Highlands to meet the guy. And I haven't met him yet. But I would still be saddened by his loss if he were to die, obviously. I mean, obviously I wouldn't really know what his wife or you know, his daughter would feel or his family members or whatever, but it would still be a certain loss, you know, so. I, I Yeah, I understand. I believe it's just it's that way with um – well, when you're when you enjoy something like a book or a personality or a movie or a person in a movie, whatever it is, a character, something that is a source of entertainment, entertainment makes joy, joy, laughter, happiness, things like that. You know, you attach things. Whenever anybody does this, um, and this is something you only really learn if you've done it for many, many, many years. So I could say with perspective, like you. Provided that it's also a person who's living at the same time as you are, it's like they've been there your entire life on some level. Or the, exactly. They, you know, but they haven't been you know in your life, but they have been in the sense that they've been a source of entertainment, and you can watch them grow and change throughout the year, like almost like a member of the family that you have never met. Like, sure. Like see, you, I, 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 you see yeah. their scrapbook essentially, which is just them as they age through the media. And whatnot. So it can make this false sense of, of like, um, oh, I know that person, like they were my, like, like they were my best friend. Because you don't really, right. you know the parts you that you've seen them. of them. You, you know that we've heard of interviews. Now we, 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 unless he's an incredible sociopath, because of the amount of uh, of audio footage we have of Kevin Smith being a wonderful person, you know, we, we're pretty sure that he's also a wonderful person. We're pretty sure. Yeah. Or we wouldn't like him, probably, because you know we're both Hunter and I, I. I think I can speak for Hunter in this regard. We're both. Oh, absolutely. We're both. Uh, we both try to be good people, and I think we each believe the other person is a good person. So, trying to be. Yeah. We're only ever trying, trying to be. You know, because some people don't try. Yeah. Some people are just complete assholes just to be assholes. Um, it's 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 my opinion that you know you should always try to be a good person. You should always try to do the right thing. I mean, now every situation obviously will dictate your your uh, your behavior. I guess like like for example, if if you know if if a person is being rude to you, nasty to you, or whatever, you're not going to go out of your way to try to be a nice person to this person. Obviously, but for the overall, I think that. For the overall, I think that is the last thing I heard. Back. For the overall, I think that is the last thing I heard. For the overall, yeah. I think that. Uh, all right. So, overall, okay, I try to be a good person. Unless, like I said, if it's like a nasty person or a rude person or someone who doesn't deserve kindness for me personally, I try to just to avoid that person. Rather than have them, you know, bringing me down to that level because, you know, misery loves company, I try to just to avoid that person and cut out the negativity because, you know what, after what happened to Kevin Smith, it's like, it, you know, give me a wake-up call. It's like, okay, well, maybe I should eat better. Maybe I should exercise better. Maybe I should quit smoking, you know, do all that stuff, but also cut out the negativity because negativity can uh, <clears throat> affect your health and your your, uh, your peace of mind. Oh, absolutely. So with that being said, though, 
we do we, we do wish the anti-social show Tyson and myself we do wish uh, Kevin Smith a uh, speedy recovery he's, he's, he's doing better obviously through social medias but we hope that he, he commits to a healthier lifestyle yes this is as of March 5th 20, yes. 2018 now now for the happiest news ever this is probably like everybody listening to this this is probably the biggest the most epic thing that's ever happened to the anti-social show now Everybody listening to me, everyone knows me personally, uh, knows that I absolutely positively, thanks to Tyson, of course, absolutely positively love podcasts. Um, going back 10, well, even like going back 10 years ago, I mean, I, I you know, the idea of, of listening to a podcast, like my first podcast I, I was, you know, started listening to, uh, I was like, this is, this is completely awesome stuff. Like, I can't believe, like, I, this is a thing and, and I missed it. But thanks to one person in my life, this is now what I'm doing, and this is something that I absolutely, positively enjoy doing because it, it, it brings like a self, a, a self of calm to myself, and it, and it kind of connects me to like-minded people, I guess, and I, and I love talking, believe it or not. So it's, it's kind of like I get to talk about whatever I want with a good friend, obviously, who I've known for quite a while. So podcasting is an awesome thing. So a few weeks so everyone knows I love podcasting. So a few weeks ago, I jumped on Facebook, and of course, I saw that whole big thing with Mark Hershon from Succotash, saying how he was locking the doors, flooding the uh, the, the compartment, closing Succotash down forever. And I was like upset by it actually, because I was like, no, because you know what? When it comes to podcasting, for people who don't do it, or the, the audience, they do make podcasting uh, a part of their life. Like if they like a show, that's something that they look in, they look forward to each and every week. It's like, okay, well. This is what I do at this particular time. This is how I'm going to listen to my podcast, whether you're driving, working, or a particular house chore, or like laying in your, you know, sitting in your favorite chair and just like listening. So the idea of not listening to the Succotash show anymore, it, it kind of bothered me. It was like, that's, you know, that can't happen. So I was, I made like this whole big thing. You saw it on Facebook, and I'm like, this is a show that I love, and I hope it comes back, and I hope it doesn't stay gone for too long. And everybody, I got my wish. The show is back, and now the, the, the reins have changed, so to speak. So, so it is now my pleasure, my ultimate pleasure, to introduce to you the new host of Succotash, because the show ain't going nowhere, baby, is, you ready? Drum roll, please. The new, the new host of the Succotash show is our very own anti-social show co-host Tyson Sainer. Is that old boar still around? Oh, that's me. Roger that's Marks. you. No, it's, that's Roger Marks doing that. Oh, well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. What a great introduction. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, Tyson is not going anywhere, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, but our schedules, um, our schedule might change as far as like recording time because obviously now Tyson is now on going to be uh, the, the host of Second Match. But, like I said... That will will figure the whole scheduling thing out when Tyson, you know, does more episodes of the Succotash show, which he did his first episode. You can listen to it on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, Laughable, um, anywhere you can listen to soundcasts. Uh, that's where Tyson will be at. But he will also be here as well. So uh, listen to both because it's very awesome. Thank you. That's a You're welcome. So, so how did it feel like? Hmm. How did it feel like doing like the first? Or I mean, obviously you co-hosted with Mark Hirsch on before on the Southern Cash show, but how did it feel to like 
be like the sole the sole host of the second half. Like you were sitting there, like I was listening to you, you're like you're recording it. Like how did that feel? It felt what I imagine a real. It felt like being a real journalist in some way. Just for a few you know seconds, I know it's it's like like I had to do writing. Maybe not a journalist, but but like um, every time I I. I created something, whether it be musically or something like the Honda Tour. There was a whole process of sort of learning how to make each thing. Even making making a song is usually completely different than the last one, depending on how. I, I guess I mean it depends. It really depends. But I mean, especially if you're making it from scratch because you don't have a band, an actual band, and you don't have the benefit of recording, you know, live performances uh, for the most part. Um, so that's a whole other thing, but. How did it feel? It just felt. Uh, it felt like. Um, I guess it's. I guess it's kind of hard to. Uh, okay, so during the process, right? Right. Right. So at at one point, there's no show. There's no. Uh, there's no. With the type of work that goes into doing a show, my relationship to the sound uh, clips, the soundcast clips, change, because I I don't just um, take them like I used to take three clips. And then I'd find the information about them and I'd provide the links and I'd send all that off to Mark and then he'd write a script around it, basically, with his clips. But now I have the – now I'm the person looking for clips so I, I and, and describing them. So I take the information and I have to kind of create a narrative around them and I also have to uh, uh, get clips from shows that I wouldn't necessarily uh, have the time to listen to on a regular basis. And then give a uh, explanation as to how I found them. Sometimes, you know, I like to, I like to add that the how I found them because that is the nature of podcasts uh, or soundcast is that a lot of times soundcasters will mention other soundcasters, and that's how that's how the process this word this this oral word of mouth through the ears through the headphones happens. You know, so it it so uh yeah, uh, 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 uh so it felt uh, it felt like it felt like putting together anti-social show just with more writing like so it was the editing that I do for the show plus writing so it, was, it felt like um, you know it wasn't like not like work it just felt different because it all comes together in the assembly really once you've got once you've got the, the hardest part was recording um, mm. just me uh, reading the script and then going back through and cutting out all my boo-boos into something that sounded kind of cohesive, uh, <laughs> which is what I do with this show anyway. So, so I, I guess you know it felt pretty good. It felt good to have 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 created something. It's it's like um, it's a different type of work than creating a sixteen-minute uh, audio you know piece of radio theater is. It's it's uh, and it's different kind of work than creating anti-social show episode by episode you know it's uh it's it's i will say it's not difficult but it does create a very distinct set of uh necessities in changes of behavior as far as like looking for clips and now i would look for clips differently but i, I still listen to all podcasts or soundcasts all the time i was i was that's how i'd find clips in the meantime is I, i'd be working and I'd listen to soundcasts, and I'd hear something, and I'd, sometimes I'd listen to things I hadn't heard before, just because I was looking for material for for Mark. 
and then um, I'd hear it, uh, and then take a picture of like a screenshot of uh, how much time it elapsed in the thing, and then come back, and that's how I'd find and be like taking notes instead of stopping and writing something down and being like, uh, you know, your mom's house podcast, uh, 23 minutes and 18 seconds in, you know, and taking the time out. Uh, I just walk over and, and take a screen and then come back and then I pull up the thing, look at the picture. I know, you know, more or less where I uh, needed to. Anyway, I'm just talking about the process now. You asked me a very simple question. I'm giving a very complex answer for it. No, it's fine, dude. Because, you know, it, it's. Obviously, it's. I wouldn't call it a complex answer. I would call it like obviously, it's different. You know, like obviously, when you and I are doing the anti-social show, the environment would be different from like when you're doing now the Succotash show because it is a completely different environment. It's still the same. It's still the same. It's still the same thing. It's they're both. Uh, well, they're both soundcasts. I don't want to say podcast. Sorry, Mark, because um, not. It's not podcast. Soundcast. So they're, they're both soundcasts, but obviously the, the shows would dictate you doing different things or behaving in different ways. Obviously, when you have me on the anti-social show, obviously the, the conversations are different, the behaviors are different. It, it, it's almost like a psychology movie. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're on the, on the Succotash show, obviously you're going to go with more towards like what that environment would dictate. That environment would dictate, you know, you're, you're clipping shows, you're talking about different soundcasts, you're mentioning different things. Um, I remember in the last episode that, you, you know, you did with Mark, um, before you took over, of course, you know, you guys were talking about um, how some people call it podcasts and how some people call it soundcasts. And I mean, to me, I like the term soundcast. I think it sounds a lot more professional, really, than podcasting. Podcasting is, is, is all right of a word, I guess, because when it first started out, it was on, you know, it was on iTunes, and people probably genuinely listened to it on iPods. But, it, it, I mean, and, and no offense to, to, to Apple, because we are on iTunes, but it, it's really, a, we are, all of us, in some way or another, um, we, we really and, and Mark is right in this in this degree uh, in this whatever that was um, we are paying tribute to dead technology so right. and it, it should be soundcast obsolete technology but, but no I mean getting back to the original question because I, I do have a tendency to, to ramble um, it wasn't a complex answer at all it was, it was a very genuine answer to to a, even a, if it was a simple question but so I mean. It's really cool, I think. You, you know yeah, I figured out a better way to, I, to a shorter way to to describe the experience. Okay. Um, I comes in your pants when you did it. No, no, no. It's the because it's all about <laughs> it's 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 all about assembly. Like it's not like like you 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 experience a podcast as a whole thing. Right. Like you go, yeah. you download it, you listen to it. It's made. Mm-hmm. If, as a person who's making that. By the time you hear it, like so, there's a process, but it's but it's like um, because I've been working on other types of audio. It's like you remember, um, do you remember the Karate Kid, mm-hmm. where like he has to do all those chores, yes, wax on, wax off, all that stuff, and he's like, you know, yes. so so he. The point is, is that when when uh, when he starts throwing the when Mr. Miyagi starts throwing the moves at him, he's able to block him and stuff because he was learning motions that he didn't know that he would be needing to build upon. So it's like I was using muscles I didn't understand I was developing. And I didn't know I was developing to be able to do anything other than I had been doing with the show or some other thing or doing music. Like 
So it wasn't as hard for me as I as it could have been. So it was like having one of those moments. It was like, oh, I'm creating something that's a different shape than things I've created before. But because I've learned how to do these other things, it's going to be this much easier for you. And it's not easy, but it is easier than it would have been. I mean, I honestly think that... So it's like I'm the Karate Kid is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you are basically the Karate Kid. And, and Mark Hershon's like... Um, now, I don't want to blow smoke up Mark's ass. I'm pretty sure like you know some people might disagree with me on this. I personally... This is my personal opinion. I've seen... And I've, in, I mean, not just listen to podcasts, uh, podcasts, soundcasts, because since I've been a soundcaster and, and really prior to before that, I mean, I've had personal interactions with many soundcasters, people that were guiding me, telling me like, you know, try this, try that. Um, this is how I do it. But, you know, he's like the Mr. Miyagi, Mark Hershon's like the Mr. Miyagi of like soundcast. I mean, like if I was to say to you, who is the godfather of Marvel Comics. Oh, uh, well, I guess I'm the most, most recognizable. Stan Lee, doesn't it? Stan Lee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Stan Lee is, con- I mean, I would consider Stan Lee to be the godfather of comics the same way I would consider uh, George Romero to be the godfather of zombies. Like, everything was based around, like, everything you see now with zombie movies is basically based with around what George Romero did. Like, the rules of how to kill a zombie, like shoot them in the head, they're dead. Mm-hmm. Cut their head off, they're dead. Mm-hmm. I would consider Mark Hershon to be, like, the godfather of soundcasts. Maybe other people would disagree with me, but, I, I mean, that's how I feel about it. So it's it's... You know, to, to be able to, to work underneath, I guess, Mark or have him handle the reins, that's a huge honor, in my opinion. It's, like, awesome. So, it, it, so you are, in a sense, the Karate Kid, and you were out there washing Mark's cars, and, you know, he was like, you know, wax on, you wax off. You wax on, you wax off. And then Tyson went outside and was like, I'm not washing your fucking cars no more, Mark. <laughs> I'm only kid. No, it's but, hilarious. I mean, but no, I mean, I hate to spoil your, spoil your metaphor, but I mean, where I was learning to to do Succotash was actually just from was from putting together antisocial show. Is oh, that, absolutely. That's you know because it, it was learning how to take recordings and shape them into a show. You know, cut out as much air as possible. Uh, a lot of clicks, pops. You know, sounds like that. All of that was just kind of applied to. Uh, it's just the I don't know. It's just the tech. It, it it's the technical part of uh, it's learning. To, it's just learning to do something and then learning to do something else with the tools that you have learned to do, like creating the Lord of the Rings movies, right? So they created the for all the fellow the Fellowship of the Ring. They created all this technology to do these special effects and stuff. You know, all these 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 in camera effects and these digital effects and all the learning how to make realistic digital fire for the Balrog. Like Weta figured all this stuff out and, and, or, or somebody outside Weta gave them the fire program or whatever it was, but still they were, they learned how to do all this great looking stuff like oh, the cave troll, you know, fellowship of the ring first, first Lord of the Rings film. So, so they do that, right? So they learned how to do all that stuff. Massive, ba- oh, they, the massive, the massive program that had the giant ba- uh, battle in the beginning of the film. We see like a huge crowd of you know uh, soldiers the first time. The mm-hmm. technology was developed. It was called massive, and it has all these. It, it does simulated people that they then you know shade and whatnot. Hasn't behaved uh, naturally like a computer program is kind of. And then they just you know paint over. The, you probably know about some of this, but there's a program called massive that does simulated crowds. 
anyway, so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the that, the fire, all this stuff, because this stuff had been they developed it for the first film when they went to to do this stuff for the special effects on the second film. They actually they actually got to do more special effects shots than like because they were cumulatively more and more each film each each of the three films. So the tech, they learned the technology of the first movie, they applied it to the second movie, and then they took the technology from the first and second movie and they applied it to do the third film. So they learned, and then so by the time they got to the third film, they were thinking, well, hell, we could do that thing we did on that. Why don't we do this and this one? You know, that was possible, like you know, having Legolas take down an elephant by going up its trunk. Like you know, you know it's sort of it's like we figured about the, how to get him to jump on the cave trolls. So now in the next one, we can figure out how to get him to go down the stairs on a shield on that, do that cool surfing move. So we did these things. Well, what can we have Legolas do in this movie since we've learned how to do, you know, how to get the, the digital dummy to look correct? Well, we can have him go up an elephant trunk, you know. They just, it just basically evolves. Yes. You learn one thing, you take the thing you learn to do the next thing. And then so it was just a different, it was like, it was like, yeah, it was like just creating a different – but the feeling of being aware of being able to do that was really – that was elating. So that was nice. It was nice to know – It was I was very happy to know that my brain is still working. Oh, absolutely, dude. I mean I always, cons- I always considered you from like day one I met you to be like a highly intelligent person. It's, it's, it's – by the way, everybody, usually if I can't find an answer – I'll usually bug Tyson at three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, dude, I need, I have a question. Can you answer it? And usually he'll go back and be like, oh, here's the answer. And I'm like, what? now when it comes to like what he's talking about, you know, he's, he's able to do the Succotash show uh, because he learns all the skills on the anti-social show as far as like editing and things like that. Maybe he knew stuff before as far as like music and things like that because that's certainly what he does. If you go to soundcloud.com slash Tyson Saner, as I told you where the show originated and still is, you can always listen to other awesome works of Tyson Saner. Um, but when it comes to listening to a show, obviously like what we're listening to now, what we're doing right now is different from what you're going to hear when the finished product, uh, uh, comes, you know, comes to, you know, gets edited and uploaded and all that. And I always said that the magic behind the show, everything that you hear seamlessly and, and crystal clear and all the like really cool, like, uh, uh, drop in commercials and all that, that's all Tyson. And, and, and in fact, when it comes to like this show, I was to compare it to any other show, I'll compare it to Hollywood Babylon because when you see like Ralph Garman, Kevin Smith, um, it's really um, it's really Ralph Garman on the Babylon show that that does all the editing, does all the whatever the, the prep work and shit like that. And Kevin will will openly admit that he just shows up and starts talking. Well, in my case. You know, I mean, eventually I do want to learn how to edit, if that will help Tyson out a little bit more, because I always I have a brain to, to or a mind to want to learn more. But so far as it's been, I've been showing up talking and promoting the show the best I can. So I've been doing stuff on my end to try to help out. But I think in 2018, I think if it helps Tyson, obviously more so, I, I could probably get into the editing, but I can't promise you how good my editing skills would be, you know. So... So if you hear a show that's like all like, that's probably something that I did. So I hope that doesn't scare you away. But again, what, what you guys, what you listeners don't listen to is something completely different. Now, right now I could say like, 
you know, the white mice go outside and have sex and, and drink beer and fucking rob a, rob a, uh, 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 their next door neighbor or some shit. Uh, um, but then I can turn around and say, well, Tyson, can you take that part out? Because I don't think the audience would appreciate that. You can leave that in, by the way. But I'm just saying, like, that's the, that's the, the beauty of a soundcast. It's like you completely control the environment unless you're doing a live show. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a live show, then if you fuck up, you just fuck up. You can stutter, you stutter. But that's, that's one of the, the, the downfalls of doing a live show as opposed to doing, you know, a completely controlled environment. You may think we're talking to you live and you kind of know we're not, but... Um, but that's the beauty part of, of doing a controlled environment is I can say snarf, sniff, snarf, smurfs, you know, country crock shit. And I can say, well, you know what? Cut that part out. Get rid of it. But I'm not going to do that. But I'm just saying that that's what we hear uh, as opposed to what you hear. So it, it's, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> hilarious because you keep giving examples and it does, if, I, if I cut all that out, they won't hear you giving the example. So, so they have to right. hear it so, in order to give the example. But right, it's, so it's, it's got to be left in. So that's that's the, that's, that's what's funny about it. It's, it's very it's, funny. It's, it's got to be totally left in. But you know, getting back to like um, the behind the scenes thing, because you know Tyson was bringing up a lot of things. Like he was like doing like writing. He was listening to clips for the Succotash show. Um, there are a lot of things that the audience doesn't see behind the, the, the behind the scenes, and and it's I, I think it's really cool to like give the audience a little behind the scenes look on how some of these soundcasts are made because. They're fun to make, really. I mean, you sit down, you talk to, like, you know, if you happen to be talking to, like, your best buddy or whatever, it makes it more fun, you know? So, or Tyson could do, like, uh, funny things in, in the audio, uh, in the, the, the video part that you don't see, which makes it funny. Like, he's doing, like, his thing in his hand, like, kind of like Jaws. Batman. So, but I think I've talked long enough. No, it's fine. No, I'm just I'm imagining there's a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> or he's doing the puppet show. Manamana. Manamana. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, that's a complete visual. Sorry. Yes. So now when I do like, as you know, of course, I do live videos on Facebook for the show. By you? Are you telling me? Yes, I do know this, but yeah, you're, ta- are you you're talking. Are you talking? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling everybody. So now when I do like these live videos, sometimes I'll even talk of a podcast or a soundcast. I'll say, hey, listen, you know, this is Hunter from the Anti-Social Show. Uh, please take listen to Strange Times uh, with uh, host Davian Dent, Kat Soren, Samantha Pat. Or every once in a while I'll do like uh, Succotash, you know. But this time I can say, hey, everybody, take a listen to Succotash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, hosted by Tyson Saner. Yeah. Go Tyson! Thank you. So, you know. Thank you. I appreciate your support. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's, it's a totally uh, awesome thing. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, with the two shows, because you have, you have, of course, um, Succotash, and you also have the anti-social show. So I think it's, I think it's, it's really cool. That um, you know, the, if, if anyone in the world Mark could have given this thing to, he gave it to the right person. I think. I appreciate that. I just wanted to say that in three, two, one, it's been forty-five minutes. So now I've left that in because we are not at forty-five minutes as far as the amount of, of audio footage. Like, okay. if you look at if a person looks at their, it shouldn't be forty-five minutes unless the amount I cut out is is equal to the. 
the opening thing the, for Brigade Radio 1 that happens, the theme song, mm-hmm. the little piece of audio that we discussed earlier, and then you leading in. The chances of that being exactly at 45 minutes. So that's an illustration for the people of the type of editing that might happen. So it might actually be 40 minutes. It might be 42 and a half minutes. It might be at 39 minutes. And you might be 43 and a half minutes. It might be 47 minutes. It might be 44 and a half minutes. It might be 45 minutes. I was just going to see how long you keep doing that for. I'm sorry. Did you want to take like a five minute breather and come back? No, I only did that to make you laugh. But I mean, uh, but we could if you want to take a breather. I just want to let you know where we were in that because I wanted to. So because you were talking about editing so much, I wanted to give give them an example of of how much time we had actually been recording versus how much time they might actually hear. Oh, Once it's been edited, because they'll hear it edited. So I'm giving, I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ready for Halloween? Well, it doesn't have to be Halloween for you to be ready for this. The Combat Radio two-disc Halloween albums, featuring many of our epic regulars, musicians, songs, and haunted audio tales. All there for you anytime you want it. You want Halloween in August? You want it in May? You want it in April? Get it. Go to CD Baby, enter Combat Radio Halloween, and get yourself hooked up with some haunted awesomeness today. So last night, for the first time, I actually watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's one funny. Well, one and two. Yeah, I saw part two first like, a couple of days ago, and then I saw part one last night, and then I watched, I rewatched part two. Okay. And wow. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why it took me so long to watch these particular movies, but they were awesomely funny and great. They're great movies. Uh, yeah. Groot and Rocket happen to be my favorite characters. I mean, they're just hilarious. I am Groot. I am um, Groot. I am. So because of those are. I'm Groot, but because of those, because those are movies, um, that leads us to the Oscars that just recently happened. Uh, and I, I missed the Oscars this year. How were they? They they were pretty okay. They were good. Uh, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two was actually uh, nominated for an Oscar this year. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that. Yes, they were nominated for Best Visual Effects. Nice. Um, Righteously so, because you know what the the visual effects on that was like phenomenal. Congratulations that they won. They were they nominated? Did they win or they just nominated? They were nominated. Nominated. Well, they, congratulations on their on their, their nomination. Um, if you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, uh, starring Kurt Russell, spoilers. He's essentially. Well, his his uh, his uh, sound has dropped out. It's really cool that they were uh, nominated. Who else was? Uh, well, who won uh, an Oscar from all that? Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yes, which yes, I, I have yes. not seen yet. I I mean I've heard good things. I've not seen it myself, so I don't want to like blow smoke up people's ass saying I've seen it. But I'm uh, the original, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. It's on my list of movies. Um, but that's really cool, though. I, I mean, I should have watched it, but. I mean, there's I mean, still time. You know, Blade Runner is. A, yeah. a, a, have you seen the original Blade Runner? Yes. Okay. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine you had. I, I thought. I don't know if we'd talked about it before, but I was almost positive that you had uh, had seen that before. I think we we talked about it one time. I mean, I have to go back into the later episodes, but I'm, I think we might have. I don't want to blow smoke up people's asses, but. Usually, we talk about so many movies on here that it's kind of hard to keep track of, like one movie to the next. But um, I did see the original, uh, the original Blade Runner, and I'm going to see this one. Um, now, is it is it 
in the movies, out of the movies, or what's the question? The, the, the new Blade Runner. Is it what's the what is it? Oh, is it? Oh, is it currently in theaters? I don't know. Uh, um, like out of theaters? Huh? I think it, I think it actually is already out on home media. I'm not sure. But mm. I think I think it just came out on like it might be on digital. Uh, well, it's March third, people. So um, as of March, sorry, it's March fifth. Um, <laughs> five, three, sir. Um, it was released on DVD and Blu-ray on January sixteenth. 2018 and distributed by Netflix and Redbox on January 23rd, 2018. So it is certainly on home media. Um, nice. It, let's see here. Hey, it looks like it's still in the theaters. Uh, well, nope, nope, sorry. I'm looking at a Fandango page that's actually from 2017. Um, sorry, so because it came out on October 6, 2017. Oh, which is not, okay. that, not that long ago. Um, no. I'm going to have to go to Walmart and see if it's there. My parents saw it in the theater. Yeah, so it's out. Oh, really? Yeah, it's uh, you can you can get it on Google Play, movies and TV for, from four ninety nine. You can get it on YouTube uh, from four ninety nine. String it both those ways. Uh, my uh, wife and my mother and I streamed a movie uh, off Amazon, uh, but not like with the Prime. We uh, it's fairly easily to just pay for one. I can't remember what it was. Um, oh, The Martian. Okay. Which we actually had on, we have on Blu-ray, but their Blu-ray player was uh, not working well. So uh, it was just streamed off Amazon. Yeah. However, there are some interesting products available. So yeah, the Oscars. We saw the Oscars. Um, We actually got a printout of um, all of the uh, categories and who was nominated. And we try try to fill these out beforehand. Uh, You can't, we won't be able to see any of these, but this is the, uh, I guess you can see the logo there. Absolutely, ABC. Yeah. So what I did, what I did is uh, I, I had a, I had a system of I basically I would uh, put a circle for what mm-hmm. I thought will win, so my first choice, and then uh, I put an X on the ones I think probably should win or would be my second choice. So it was going to be will and should, and then as I got into third choices, also into categories where I was like I have no idea because I've never seen any of these. I sort of guessed based on. On certain types of criteria, so like the very first category, we got actor in a leading role. Okay, okay. So, so the nominees were uh, Timothy Chalamet from Call Me by Your Name, Daniel Day Lewis okay. from Phantom Thread, Daniel Kaluuya, I believe, from Get Out, um, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, and uh, Denzel Washington uh, for Roman J. Israel Esquire. Now, I haven't seen any of these movies, but I've heard neither uh, have I. So I guess that I actually guess uh, my first guess was Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour. My second guess was the guy from Get Out. So it turns out Gary Oldman won Best Actor. You might remember. So I got that one right. I Gary got, Oldman's a good actor. I got a few of these right. I got a surprising, a surprising number right. Uh, surprising myself certainly. And by the way, you know who had really great Oscar foo was uh, the guys over at Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. Like Phil, Phil specifically, I was talking to Dean on. Uh, you, you listen to Chill Pack, right, Hunter? Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, they did a, a couple Oscar predictions kind of squeezed into the end of their most recent show that was actually uh, came out before the Oscars. So it definitely was, you know, he was predict, And he was so dead on on uh, uh, on his predictions. It was, it was uh, you know, for the most part. They weren't 100%, I don't think, but they were, they were the ones that he, most of the ones he said he, were were right. And it was it was freaky, kind of. And so, nice. like, so he knows some stuff. Um so, like, I, part of, I think I actually might have learned uh, how to 
pick Oscar uh, choices from listening to Phil's choices in the past. So like I heard his reasoning and then I thought, well, what have I heard? And da da da. What do I know? Which is very little. I know very little. But you know, uh, taking that and using the blah 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 uh, anyway, so I went through and I got actor in a supporting role. They had William Willem Dafoe from the Florida Project. Hadn't seen that. Woody Harrelson from Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Haven't seen it. Heard a lot of good things about it. Uh, Richard, I've, I've seen previews of that. I've seen a few previews of that one. Yeah, Richard Jenkins yeah, from, for The Shape of Water. What the previews were good? Yeah, the previews were excellent. I, that that would be a movie that I would see because it it, it looked uh, it looked phenomenal. The story uh, looks tight, um, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I didn't see it in the movies, but I'm going to wait until it comes out and then I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I want to see that one eventually too. I, I uh, had had a chance to. Um, I, I mean, like I said, I haven't seen most of these, and some of these I hadn't even heard of. Richard Jenkins, The Shape of Water. He was nominated for okay. Best Actor, Supporting Actor. Uh, Christopher Plummer for All the Money in the World, which came out I think last December. And Sam Rockwell for three billboards outside Emming, Missouri. So, so much like Pulp Fiction, uh, right? You have two actors nominated for best supporting actor who are in the same film. So they're nominated for their roles in the same film. Much like also, I believe, uh, I think both Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis were nominated for Thelma and Louise, both nominated for best supporting actress. Awesome movie, by the way. Yeah, it was a good movie. Ridley Scott film. Well, it, I, I always like was a big fan of Gina Davis. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I, I loved her in um, Earth Girls Are So Easy mm-hmm. with uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yep. And, I, of course, when I first saw her was... Uh, one, one, yeah. of, one of three films yeah. with Jeff Goldblum so, <laughs> that yes. she did. Yeah. Um, the other one I've seen, of course, that I absolutely love is The Fly, the remake to The Fly. I mean, that was phenomenal. Um, one of I didn't... Which, which other one was she in with... Uh, it was called Transylvania Six Five Thousand. It also had Warren Beatty. Sorry, Warren Beatty had also had Ed Begley Jr. and Michael Richards. So we have to check that one out. I wasn't aware of that one. I, you know, I I saw it a couple times when I was younger. I think it was PG thirteen. Um, I thought it was funny probably at the time, but I don't remember it. So if I did watch it now, it'd be like seeing it for the first time, kind of. See well, now, when it comes to like remakes, not to get too far off the track because we're talking about the uh, the Oscars. Um, I thought the 80s had three powerful remakes hmm. um, to original movies. That was uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, hmm. The Blob, hmm. and of course, The Fly. All of which were, were remakes of original movies, but these were like, these were like fucking stellar. You know what I mean? And, and the fact that, like, take like The Thing, for example. Kurt Please. Russell. Yeah, he, right. He's a phenomenal actor. And... I think the way John Carpenter told the particular story was like it was scary. I guess growing up as a child, like watching it like younger now, it's not scary now because obviously I've seen it like a billion times as an adult. But like watching it as a kid was scary because like you didn't know who the thing was or like you know here like these guys are like they're in 
you know, they're in the Arctics. They're they're suffering from like you know uh, sleep deprivation. They're they're suffering from isolation. They don't know who to trust. So it, it, I mean, that to me was an awesome remake. The Fly, even even like The Fly with the, with the special effects of the time, it was an awesome remake. So Gina Davis, phenomenal actress. You know, you know, talking about this, it's like. I really should have watched the, you know, the Oscars. I'm gonna to have to watch them when they come back next year, or whatever. Um, you might be able to watch um, clips on YouTube. Else? You might be able to watch clips on YouTube. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that out. Um, well, and, and so, so you know, I'm thinking, like, what if you can turn the Oscars right into like a party game? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm invite about- people. Yeah, like invite people over, right? Like you have like your list right there, and you circle like who you thought was going to win. Right. Well, I think predictions. I, I think people do this. I think they have Oscar parties. Okay. I think they, uh, yeah, I think they print these things out and then they sit around and do this like bingo, basically, except without the gambling aspect. I mean, uh, that's what these are for. I think is to kind of play a game. That's pretty cool, though. So you can, like, yeah, people have like, Oscar parties, certainly. Oh yeah, it's like, dude, like if you had like an Oscar party, it was like it would be like off the hook. Like you can have like, a, a party. But, like, again, like, the, the whole game aspect is, like, it sounds pretty fun because, like, you're predicting, like, who's going to win. Right. You know, and hopefully, like, the people that you predict are the ones that are going to win, you know. Like, mm-hmm. tonight, I'm very excited that that um, that the Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2 even got, like, a nomination because it's such a phenomenal film. Blade Runner got the, the Oscar, which is also exciting because Blade Runner is a good fucking movie, so. Yeah, Blade Runner got a couple of Oscars. Um, nice, nice. Um, anyway, so I won't go through the entire list of stuff, but I will say about Kurt Russell, it's interesting having seen him as an actor, as a, a young actor, because I grew up with uh, with uh, like the first wave of um, Disney movies being reissued on video cassette tape and the big white clamshells with Sorcerer Mickey and the Cap and some of them. I don't know if you saw these, but the, those old big, the big, uh, the big VHS boxes that was in the boxes oh yeah the thing we come they call them clamshells and they you know had like a wonderful world of disney and then a picture from it and it would have its own distinct font from mm-hmm. you know created for it whether it's you know mary poppins or any of those anyway so i watched you know saw those and kurt russell's been acting since like so so what first movie was kurt russell in because he's been an actor for a long time dude we, we do Unfortunately, we don't have time to go to do a whole long Kurt Russell thing, but I would like to. No, definitely not. I would like to. Uh, well, okay, his film debut was an uncredited part in Elvis Presley's It Happened at the World's Fair in 1964. Or, really? He goes back that far? Well, yeah, but that's not Disney. So, like, he started. He was doing Disney movies when he was a young person. He did a series, a trilogy of, uh, film, of uh, kid genius films, uh, the Dexter Riley trilogy. Which I don't think it was officially called that. It might be now, but it was like I think it started with um, the computer wore tennis shoes, and mm-hmm. then, then there was now you see him, now you don't, and uh, the strongest strongest boy in the world, strongest man in the world. It's one of those, um, and those were the same character. And and then, he, and then like he grew up and he did like the thing, and the thing was a really oh, and also Escape from New York, and this was like a darker, grittier kind of Kurt Russell. Now Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, he's back in Disney movies. So yeah, hey. absolutely, but. But you have to admit, though, he does play a good villain, though. Oh, he's one of my favorite actors. I like oh, when he shows up in stuff. I always are like, "Good, I'm glad he's in this." I don't know why. Yeah, but, you I mean, know. You know, it's nice to see an actor like start off young and then evolve. Like, for example, um, you and I are not that far apart as far as like age difference. We kind of grew up in it. Like, you're uh, Gen Xer. 
I'm a millennial. I'm not a millennial. I'm a I'm a zen, I'm a zenial. I'm a zenial. I'm is. between Gen X and millennial. So I'm like right there in that little kind of like that buffer. A zenial. That that yeah. That's a funny. zenial. That's a thing, huh? I um, like that. Yep. I read this whole thing on Google, but it's nice to see like you know for example like so anyway. Going back to, like, a young Kurt Russell back in 1980, of course, you know, the thing, of course, going back to, like, you know, going all the way, because I've never seen him prior to that. Yeah, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so I've never seen him in anything prior to, I mean, I've seen him in, like, you know, Escape from L.A. Uh, I've seen him in, of course, uh, um, uh, Death Proof, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the yeah. thing. I mean, I've seen him in, like, right. a, a bunch of different, a bunch of actors evolved. What I still can't get my head around is the fact that growing up, I've seen like a young John Goodman and a young Roseanne in the Roseanne show. And now, March 27th, they're coming out with a reboot of the Roseanne show. Now they're, they're older, of course. So I kind of have to like wrap my brain around that a little bit. Yeah, I had no idea that that was – no, I knew that there was going to be a, a reboot or a continuation. I knew that Roseanne was coming back. I didn't know – that it was going to be with the original cast. That's a one detail that escaped my notice. So when I found out, because they ran a they ran a, a promo for it at the Oscars, I was like, yes. oh, "Oh my god, it's them! It's really them!" And it was like, so that's and I didn't watch Roseanne because I didn't have ABC, but I I would have watched Roseanne because I understand it was funny. Oh, dude! <clears throat> Next time you go to Walmart, relatively inexpensive. Like I know, like. Obviously, you know, being in a household, being an adult, we all have like, you know, bills, we all have like a budget, blah, 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 blah. Um, but next time you are in Walmart, dude, the complete Roseanne series, um, I think is like $19. I mean, it's relatively cheap. Wow. Um, and you can get all nine seasons. Wow. So I had picked up my all nine seasons from uh, Suncoast. They've been doing like a lot of, like, they've been. Like, for example, uh, Kevin I Smith. I didn't hear the question. It, it went out. Say, okay. it, say it again. I, I've noticed they've been doing a lot of remakes. Have I noticed? That they've... Like, yeah, they've been doing a lot of remakes. Yeah, Take yeah. Like Kevin Smith, for example. Kevin Smith is doing a reboot of Jane Saw and Bob Strikes Back, which, which makes fun of remakes, reboots, and sequels all in one. They're actually going back to Hollywood to stop Hollywood from doing a reboot of, uh, of Blunt Man and Clark. That's funny. Well, it that's funny. I'm, I'm glad that uh, that will get made now that, Kevin Smith oh, has, now that Kevin Smith has survived his massive heart attack. <laughs> absolutely. I, I mean, I'm glad it's being uh, remade as well. But as far as, like, movies are concerned, like, as far as, like, that's concerned, oh, 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 I'm sorry. Like, you said reboots. Like, you're, like, looking at me like I was funny. Um they're bringing back a lot of old shows. I mean, like for example, the X Files. They did season like you know they ended season nine. They did season ten, which was like a really sh- short season, and now they're in season eleven. So a lot of these older shows are starting to reboot and come back, which yeah. is a good thing because the X Files was awesome. Um, Roseanne was awesome. Um, so yeah, I bring think- back the awesome show. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. My understanding. Mm-hmm. My understanding of what a reboot is would be like, well, the Star Trek movies, the most recent ones, are a bad example because they're both a reboot and a sequel. Yes. Because of the way the time loop works. Well, so it's a bad example. But like, okay, hold on. 
wouldn't say bad example. I mean, because Star Trek definitely did reboot. No, it is a bad example because it's both. Like I have to, in order for the example to work, I have to use something that is, okay. Be like when they did um, the new monkeys on television. They didn't get any of the original monkeys, musicians, and those guys. I need to swallow this because it's disgusting to talk about food in my mouth. Okay, sorry, let me try that again. So let's say they, they, most of the, a lot of the cast of the original monsters is dead. So if they cast a bunch of different people, and then start making monsters episodes. That's that would be a reboot. That's what a reboot is. So these mm-hmm. these things you said, like X Files, and uh, Roseanne, and mm-hmm. one other one, but I don't remember what your other example was. But all of those aren't technically reboots. They're continuations. They're sequels. They're adding on to a series that existed with the same people in the same roles. Sure. Sure. A reboot is really just like when they. That's why Star Trek wasn't a good example because even though it is new people playing those these roles, they're supposed to be the same people and they exist in the same universe because of the time loop. There was a yeah, that's true. There, there, there was a, a the only okay. There are alternate so the, universes. The monsters, yeah, it, all that was in the same universe. It's just a continuation. All the stuff that um, we saw although, on Star Trek: The Original Series and The Next Generation has has happened in that universe. Well, here's so, what's weird. Yeah, but here's what's weird. Like the argument stands because, like the arguments, the argument stands with the X Files because it, it it is a continuization of the original series. Like same characters, same storyline, sort of speak. Mm-hmm. Now they're doing something different. Um, I don't know if I would really say that Roseanne was a con- like, and this is why I say this. Hmm. I don't say I don't necessarily understand the dynamic or the the chemistry or the storyline or their thinking or whatever it is um, behind Roseanne because in the last season they became like billionaire, like millionaires. They had like 108 million dollars, and all of a sudden, like the Connors are are living fucking large. To where Jackie was dating a prince, okay. Uh, Dan uh, Dan had to put his mother in the uh, nut hospital in California, and he flies out and he momentarily has an affair, but then he flies back to yeah. It was very heartbreaking actually because you, you felt betrayed if you were like a child growing up in the in the Roseanne Connor house. And you felt betrayed, but at the same time, it's like okay, he went out had an affair, he came back. And they, they kind of made up. They, well, they did make up. Everything's copacetic. But he dies of a heart attack. He, he's dead. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the yeah. last episode, um, Roseanne was talking about how they weren't rich. Uh, Dan didn't really have an affair. You know, he died and she was kind of going through a loss and, and a shock. And she was just putting all her feelings in this book that she was writing. And basically the book was all nine seasons of what happens on the show, right? So now you have it in your mind. Okay, so now you have it in your mind that that, that Dan's dead. He's, he's, he's dead, right? So here's what doesn't make any sense is now that they're, they're coming back with another season, now all of a sudden he's alive, well, and they're, they're going back to what the original formula was. Doesn't make any sense because now they're going to have to cut out the last episode or even like possibly season nine altogether because I don't, I mean, I obviously haven't watched it yet. It's going to come out March 27th, but, and so it's going to be very interesting to see how they progress from going to, he kicked the bucket to now he's alive and well. 
Well, you, you know? yeah. I mean, well, in the in the commercial I saw, the millions of other people saw, he apparently has a CPAP machine, I think, that he sleeps with at night. So, yes, sleep mask for the sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that really does, does that help with sleeping? Does that like aid in apparently? Yeah. yeah, apparently, apparently it does. Cool, cool. So did, did did anything like other like did anything exciting happen during the Oscars? Like did, did we get any like awesome teasers? Any movies coming out in the future? Yeah, I don't know about exciting, but like um, I would say I noticed something kind of significant. Uh, well, this is the thing: I tend to notice the absence of things. Okay. Like I, I, I kind of experience life, and then sometimes something will stand out to me because it wasn't there. Like it exists in the picture in some way, like it. it there, I don't know why this happens, but like, for example, there's nothing really admonishing bicyclists for blowing through stop signs, which is what they do. Like here, people. I don't because you're supposed to obey the rules of the road. Like bicyclists can blow through stop signs in one state, and that's Idaho, and not here yet, as far as I know. So, so like you know, I stop at a stop sign on my bicycle. And I make sure that I stop at every stop sign. I don't have very many from here to where I work, but they exist, and I make sure I observe them because I want the cars that are coming down to observe them. We all take turns because you're supposed to act like a car when you're on a bike in the bike lane. Anyway, so I notice the absence of things like yeah, there's no click it or ticket for bicycles, bicyclists. There, there should be something. I think there should be a billboard that basically shows somebody just blurring through a stop sign on their bike, and it says something like, a stop sign is not a suggestion. And then right underneath it, in parentheses, asshole. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's a... It, and I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, a stop sign is not a suggestion. Asshole. But I like that because it's also in parentheses because then you get to have something called a parenthetical asshole. Mm-hmm. But so, anyway, my point is, so I noticed when something's missing in an odd way and then I, I, I'll note it. Now... It's also completely subjective most of the time, but at this time, I for the Oscars, I did notice something that was missing. Um, so they'll do a montage right before the best actor, best supporting actor, best actress, best supporting actress. They'll do a montage of all the previous winners. Okay, leading up to it, so you'll see like Elizabeth Taylor and Gary Cooper and all these people. They'll do a flash, whatever the category is. So, so for best supporting actor this year, and. For best actor, when they did the montage of all the people who'd, who'd won before they did the thing, there was a conspicuous absence, and it was the same person because that this is a person who won a best supporting actor and a best actor Oscar. Do you mm-hmm. know who that person was? Mm-hmm. It's Kevin Spacey. Really, Kevin Spacey was not in the in the montages. No, they these uh-huh. ostracized. So Kevin Spacey was excluded from. From the montages. Not only that, but yeah. I, I saw that. So one of the commercials that were during the Oscars, I swear they got great commercials, and they're like it's like Super Bowl time, except Hollywood related. And I saw an ad for the next Ooh. season. People, some people have already seen this. It's the next season. By the way, I did not watch this show, but they're House going, of Cards. They're making a new season of House of Cards, and Robin Wright is in the um, is continuing her character, and she's she's apparently. The way they made it look on the commercials that she's in the center of the show. So I don't know how they're going to explain the absence of the character, but it's nice that all those people who are on a good show that a lot of people like can still continue to work despite you know the situation that was created by their their star. Oh, absolutely! Says, so it's nice that all these people still get to make money and support their families, you know, for something that for entertainment that people want to see without without no. yeah anyway. 
I think I think Hollywood's responsibility to take him out of anything mm. was totally appropriate. You know, if, if he is in fact guilty, it's the same thing with like uh, the WWE, for example. They had to cut ties with uh, Hulk Hogan, for example. Like, they completely cut him out, but they couldn't cut him out of the archives mm. of the, the WWE network. He's forever ingrained sure. into those archives. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. That would be so. That that that's a weird kind of like uh, if you have to start taking a bunch of stuff out, you know, like or or replacing oh, yeah. it with, um, you know. Then you get into like, you know, Bruce Lee, Brandon Lee stuff where after he died, they put like a, you know, figured out a way to, no, it's the opposite of that. What am I talking about? But it'd be like, uh, you know, if it cuts to Hulk Hogan and suddenly he's been replaced with a digital sock puppet, that would be, you know, <laughs> off-putting. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, they did what they had to do, but you know what? The House of Cards, from what I understand, I've never seen a single episode, but it, it, from what I understand, people love it. They enjoy it. It's a good show, so I'm glad that it will be continued on. Yeah, the thing is, is I haven't been able to listen to anything Bill Cosby related since since any of that stuff happened. Like, I will still probably at the end of the day, I'll watch Glengarry Glen Ross because there's also like six or seven other great actors in that movie beside Kevin Spacey. So it's not a Kevin Spacey film. You know, it's also Ed oh, Harris. Yeah. It's also Ed Harris, Al Pacino, Alec Baldwin, um, Alan mm-hmm. Arkin, um, Jonathan Price is in there. That's five. Jack Lemmon, and uh, okay. that's that's about six. And then I'm, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Um, why are you doing this to me, Dave? Um, no, that's Alan <laughs> Arkin. But I'm just just thinking of it. Anyway, um, I think. Yeah. So I think. I think that if combat – now, I'm bringing combat radio into this. Okay. You'll see why. Okay. I think if they were to give out the Oscars, I think they should award two very awesome dudes, myself. These two very awesome dudes is, is Tyson Sater and Uncle Block for their fucking awesome work on the fucking you know, Halloween album soundtrack oh. because – Yeah. All right. Think something you're about, back. Yeah. You're saying something about the, uh, the Haunted Tour. Oh yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So uh, no, I'm just saying if they were giving out Oscars, we should definitely win some Oscars. That's all I'm saying. It's kind of joke. It's a little Oscar joke. It's funny. I, I'm trying to imagine what it would be for. Um, Our phenomenal acting, dude. Come on, we're actors. That's true. Voice actors, but actors. Um, phenomenal voice acting, and the award goes to Tyson Zaner. I will say, Mr. L. Oh, that's right. Sorry, say that again. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, our uh, our, our nomination for uh, Best Voice Actor of uh, 2017, uh, his part for Mr. L, goes to Jordan Tyson Sainer. Yay. Oh, my goodness. It's also surprising. I, uh, I'd like to thank uh, everybody in my life who ever helped me with anything. And um, I'm sure I'll flesh this script out later. I'll just figure this out. You know, thank everybody. Thank everybody. Thank everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Yep. Now that you have like this amazingly big gold statue, what do you plan to do with it? Is that what the Oscar is? Like this big gold statue? Yeah, it's like it's about that big. It looks like it's about eight to 12 inches long. I can't really tell. I'm sure it's like a specific height. Maybe it's like 10 inches tall. Um, uh, I think it's made of gold. Um, what was the question? Probably. If it's heavy, is that what Probably. you're asking? What, what was the question? Is how big it was? 
What am I going to do oh, with yeah, it? No. How big it was? I guess oh. it made of gold. What am I going to do with that? Um, what would you do with an Oscar? Like an actual, I mean, because it's, I guess I'd have to put it on display somewhere, you know, but like, I don't have a mantelpiece. Um, don't have a, an awards cabinet. I'd probably go in a drawer, I guess, really. I think that's what I would do. Like, I would like display it like for a little while mm-hmm. until like it lost, like it's like, you know, I don't know. Like, oh. I think, I think like once it like lost, like it's purpose. not purpose, but like I'm, I'm missing the word, but like once I get, okay, novelty. Once I get over the novelty of it, I think I would probably just draw in the drawer, like, okay, I won my Oscar. Sure. But then again, if I gave a speech, it'd be like, <laughs> I got my Oscar. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody, like Combat Radio, <laughs> for helping me get this fucking delicious action. Did I drop the F word in the Oscars? Oh, I'm so sorry. But yes, it was like it was like it was a very uh, it was a very great experience. Uh, being an actor in a haunted attraction and scaring everybody and I just want to say thank you to Mr. L for being such a, a, a counterpart to me that was such organicness that I would want to reprise my role again and yes yes Fritz got the Oscar go Fritz <laughs> yes alright quite a speech very nice. Well, that's about all the time we have for Antisocial Show. I'm Tyson Sainer. And I'm Hunter Block. Be decent to each other. Absolutely. Have a good time, folks. Mm-hmm.